1: and Burnley at home to Liverpool. This is the None and Ever podcast. Hello and welcome to the None and Never podcast. We've got Natalie and we've got Robbie and we are outside Turf Moor and we've just come off. A loss three one at home to Liverpool, Robbie. I'm absolutely gutted.
2: Yeah, but result aside, I thought that was so much better.
1: Yeah, me too. Um, I thought
2: like just the pressing was back, the intensity was back, the tackles, flying in were back. Like I, I'm not, a, you know, I'm not a fan of Phil Bardsley, but I thought he were excellent tonight, man yeah, of the match. He's, I thought he just dictated everything. Just sort of, I think he went through. James Milner in the opening yeah, in like five minutes, so he just got the crowd up.
1: Yeah, I think that made a big difference, didn't it? Because yeah. I think it gave everybody that fight back and that drive. Yeah. Just, say just have the confidence, make the tackle, and get that fight back.
2: Yeah, we, we, we when we were at the um, podcast awards on Monday, we, we talked about a lot about um, not having that identity. We yeah. questioned like players playing for Diage. Tonight, they showed it. Yeah, they we, we did. There was a definite response there, and that's all I wanted out tonight. Tonight was a bit of a well, I was not really expecting to get anything. Let's just show a bit of fight and we did and on 55 minutes I actually thought we were going to nick something and then I just I don't, I don't know whether the pressure got back onto the players mm. I think at the start of the game it's sort of like there's no pressure on us we're playing Liverpool but as soon as we went 1-0 up it looked like we looked nervous again yeah, I agree with that actually and I think we just had to hold out that 10 minutes and we didn't and that yeah. milner goal just come from nothing and then after that it just felt like it was going to not going to go our way unfortunately.
1: Yeah, I think I probably tend to agree with that to be honest. I think that as soon as we scored it was almost like a bit of a shock reaction yeah. wasn't it and I think they suddenly went oh sh-, you know like we could actually get something out of this game we need to be really careful here. Um actually we scored two goals as well, which was pretty impressive. Yeah. Apparently, Ashley Barnes' amazing volley was only just offside, was and it? apparently, you can't really see it with the naked eye. So, I mean, yeah. whether or not VAR next season is going to make a difference, I don't know. But you know,
2: you could argue our goal, but did actually count should count as well. Yeah, exactly. It looked like Alison had it under control from where I'm sat, but true. Uh, I need to see it again.
1: Yeah, no. From where I, I had too many players around me from where I sat, so yeah. I couldn't really see what the melee was. Um, but we went ahead. We won one nil ahead, mm. and it was a really, really great goal anyway to bury it. Um, I, I kind of feel a little bit disappointed with the defence. Well, certainly the goals number one and two for Liverpool. I think their goal from, for, I think it was the first one was a corner, wasn't it? I just everybody just stared off Van Dijk, and it was just.
2: Yeah.
1: I mean, you can't really defend against him, can yeah. you?
2: But well, Van Dijk had a free header in the first half from oh, about yeah, twelve he did. yards. Oh, that he what did. What's, he didn't quite catch it right. just went into to draw his arms. And yeah. My only gripe tonight, and I don't want to, like, kick anyone off, but I thought the fans were a joke. Oh, really? To walk out at 3-1. I don't think the players deserve that.
1: <gasps> I didn't see this, really. So yeah, players, I didn't you not see fans, it? The, no, the, I didn't see it. It a was massive
2: at. As soon as Shakira made it 3-1, there was a mass exodus around me. Oh, uh, no, I know. I'm not having Do you know, that. like, it the Olympiacos game? Yeah, here? yeah. And as soon as Olympiacos scored, the exodus started. Yeah. It was the same tonight. I just don't think the, f- the players who like worked their asses off tonight yeah, don't no, deserve that. And well, it's th- such a shame. Yeah, no, like, I think he's put a massive damper on t- tonight for me.
1: Well, I can see. I can listen as I can see. He's looking at me. And he's looking distraught. Sure. I think to me, we've been. As fans, we've been saying for weeks, haven't we, that the drive hasn't been there the intensity hasn't been there and we've not seen much um, passion from them. And they gave us that tonight. So to then as soon as the goals went against us to walk on them, that, that is really quite yeah. shameful because they gave us everything we asked for. And I think, I think going into this game, Robbie, I didn't feel like we were going to get anything from this game, but all I wanted was to not go down without a fight. And we did that. We yeah. absolutely did that. Um, I agree with Phil Balls. I think we've already covered that with you. We saw a Vidra. He came on, although I do find he, it... I
2: don't know, how much did he cost? I don't know about, about this About £15 fella, is million apparently, yeah. yeah. It's it a youth? Number
1: I have no 10. idea. <laughs> but I, we've got to say, actually, guys, I think he came on and within sort of maybe 30 seconds, of be, no, maybe about a minute of being on the pitch, he managed to trip over his own feet and get himself booked. You, so. you, you can tell he's, <laughs> you,
2: he lacked so much match sharpness. Yeah, he really did. And it's a shame because I think a player of like Vidra needs longer than 10 minutes to actually yeah, get I himself agree. into the game and get up to the tempo of it and... I thought I was surprised he didn't come on in that first instalment of subs that we made after yeah, about 70 minutes I think when yeah. Lennon come on um, but again talking about like the performance I thought individual performances stood out we questioned Ben Me. I thought you we were excellent it was really tonight. Good. Jack Westwood as
1: well. Cork, oh and Westwood yeah. looked so
2: much better. Cork, it was the Cork of last season tonight. Yeah, I think it was. he had a couple of
1: he had a yeah, couple yeah. of spells. Anyway, it tried to But for yeah. me, I think the, I think for me, three really big additions and it's right down the spine. Yeah. I think having Ashley Barnes up front, Barsley at the back, and Westwood in the middle just gave us that bite yeah. and that strength that we've not had for a while. Yeah. And I think it carries through the rest of the team.
2: Yeah, I've been calling out for Chris Wood and Barnes to partner each other as well. All, all yeah. season because they they partnered each other in our five game winning run last season. Yeah. When we come off the back of the eleven and win. Un- 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 yeah. Un- I mean, I thought
1: I thought it was a strong performance from Wood, a stronger performance from Wood again this yeah. week as well. He's still looking like he's lacking in confidence yeah, massively, yeah, yeah. isn't he? Yeah. Like, it like, is. The only
2: thing that grabs me about our it's all our forwards. It's not just Chris Wood. How many times did he get caught offside? Oh, no. like, I But I I appreciate that they do like at that bit of pace and they have to like sit on the shoulder and try and get that half a yard. But you can't be offside when Joe Hart's taking a goal kick. No,
1: no. You that are. really
2: annoys me. No, I do. <laughs> but
1: no, I agree. Um, anything else that you, we needed to chat? I can't really think about anything. It was. It's pretty. I'm really coming off the, the ground. I think feeling happy about the performance and yeah. feeling like we've got. I would keep that same team again on Saturday, yeah, and I would just tell yeah. them to go out and just do exactly the same again, um, and just take some heart from that. So yeah. I can't think of any other talking points. Can uh, you?
2: Just as soon as it went two-one, we I felt we just we didn't really look like. Coming back into yeah. the game, apart saying? apart from Allison pulling out the top corner just before they brought to make it three one, we didn't really create yeah. anything. But no, I think you're probably yeah, right. to get done on the break and stop of time is like oh well, that happens.
1: It happens because we were going for the yeah. two two, and I'd rather yeah, us push fine. everything forward yeah, and try and get a point and go down three one. We may as well go down three one yeah. as two one. You know, I may as well, I'd rather could, than try.
2: That had a massive impact on the title race as well. Like yeah, you could, it did. You could see. As soon as Shakira scored, Alison is like celebrating with yeah, like yeah, Klopp so and that right. lot. Like,
1: plus, as well, as soon as we scored, you see like Klopp straight away brings Firmino and Mo Salah on. It's like, oh, are you kidding me? Yeah, like this is just not fair. really <laughs> <laughs> it's like, I hate this league. It's not we, got, fair got, thing. Oh, we got
2: oh, Aaron Lennon's warming up, guys. Oh, I
1: agree, <laughs> right? Well, let's let's go and get some warmth and get dry and leave turf more. And um, we'll, I guess, dissect this with a couple of others when we get back into studio time. <laughs> And indeed, here we are. We are back in studio following last night's loss at home to Liverpool. And we haven't had a podcast, guys, since... Gosh, um, I think it was the back end of last week, we missed the Palace um, game immediate reaction just because we had a midweek game, so we decided that we were going to stick both of these games here in one podcast and give you a bit of a bumper episode today, which has worked out quite well because we have two ends of the spectrum in terms of emotions for Burnley fans. So we are back in studio mode. There's me, Natalie. Hi again. I am back with you and I am joined as ever by Dave and by Robbie. Guys, welcome, welcome. Hello. Hola. Hollow indeed. Obviously, as you guys have just heard, we Robbie and I had our immediate reaction to the game. I'm gonna start uh well I'm gonna continue this podcast, I guess, with that Liverpool reaction because I think It was very easy after the Palace result to get consumed by a lot of doom and gloom around the place. And we're not going to completely gloss over it, but given the performance last night against um, a very tricky Liverpool side, even though it wasn't necessarily the result we were after, um, things just feel a hell of a lot rosier right now. So, Dave, you've just obviously heard Robbie and I's immediate match reaction. Where do you sit in terms of that performance against Liverpool?
3: Performance-wise, it was 10 times better than what we've seen the last few games you know the, the players coming in um, performed the particularly I mean the, the team performed well you, I think uh, from um, Joe Hart through the back four the midfields and you know the, the strikers didn't have massive number of opportunities but you know they, we took the goal it was a bit of a scrappy one we had we had other opportunities as well but I think just the team ethic, uh, was refreshed, and the players coming in were the ones who maybe galvanised that, I think.
1: One of the points that Robbie and I just made was that we felt that the three. Really strong players who were brought into the the side. Phil Barsley at right back, and Ashley Barnes up front, and Westwood in central midfield made a huge difference to the general feel of the of the side. And some, you know, quite strong tackles going in from very early on. Just it just felt like there was a different fight about the team, didn't it?
3: Definitely, yeah. There's um, there's no doubt about that. I think there was a a challenge from uh, Phil Barsley very early on in the game, and you could tell he was up for it. And I think that helped to get the crowd up for it as well. You know, there were. One or two uh, grumbles, I think, around on uh, social media when the team was announced. But I think, based on the uh, performance in the game, you know, the, the the players that came in were the ones who were uh, who made the difference, and it, it reflected on the rest of the team as well. You know, the the, the players who. Uh, playing around them. Jack Cork had one of his better games, I thought. Uh, he obviously grabbed the goal as well. But the players, the team looked like a different team. It looked like a Sean Dyche team and a Sean Dyche performance again.
1: Yeah, it really did. Well, let, let's stick with the team selection then, Dave, because obviously we've... We did have a little bit of rumblings. I was I was very absent in any criticism of the squad when I first saw the team be released, apart from be excited about the fact that Matty Vidru had made the bench. I found it very difficult to make that judgment on social media because of my quite vocal criticism after the Palace game and how I felt that the team had massively underperformed. I was very vocal in calling for changes after Palace, and I didn't feel that it was particularly constructive. I guess for me to um, then be disappointed when he makes makes those changes, I think the biggest one for me was was Barsley at right back. I when I saw it, I just wanted to cry because the Barsley experiment has just not worked in previous times. He's he's had some good games, but then he's just fallen off and, and been quite a liability in certain matches. So. I don't know whether or not my judgment's clouded a little bit by the fact that I'm a huge Matt Lawton fan, but Matt lawton has been hugely underperforming recently and has been outmuscled and has been outrun in a lot of games. So I was very quiet, but Dave, you're quite right. There was a lot of voice on social media just thinking, oh, for goodness sake, this is awful. And how wrong we were proved to be. Phil Barsley was an absolute star talisman, wasn't he? He was... He set the tone, he was fighting for everything and he just, for me, he was a true leader on that pitch and he gave a captain's performance way much more than Ben Mead did.
3: He was a revelation, yeah, I mean, not just defensively, I mean, we saw the tackles going in, um, he was battling for everything, but also going forward as well, he almost scored a goal, didn't he, in the uh, in the first half, had a, a cracking shot from uh, from distance that just went wide. Um, He seemed to be everywhere, and uh, you know, he was. I think the catalyst for it, both on and off the pitch, and everyone seemed to go along with that. The 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 crowd were were up for it more so than you know any of the last few home games we've had. But we do need to continue that. You know, the the end of the day, the result was still a a defeat, a a gallant one. Burnley were unlucky to uh, not to get an equaliser right at the death, and then Liverpool came back and got that late goal. We need to continue that momentum into Saturday. That's going to be the uh, the main thing for the team.
1: Absolutely, Robbie. Do you think they will? We we talked straight after the game, didn't we, about how we felt that the team needed to be exactly the same on Saturday and they just needed to go out in exactly the same format and, and fight the same way. Do you think it's going to be easy for them to continue that momentum, or do you think it's you know do, do you think it might be a bit difficult? I don't know how I feel about this.
2: A bit of both, really. I think I think the fact we'll be at home, I think makes it a little bit easier for us to, to build on that momentum. Brighton is gonna be a in a weird way a bit of a tougher game because they're sort of a bit of a relegation rival with us as well and they're in quite good form, so it's a it's a strange one to I don't I don't know how I feel about it. I'm a lot more confident going into it after last night, even though we did concede three goals. But like you say, the the enthusiasm that's coming off Turf uh last night is just yeah, it's chalk and cheese after Saturday.
1: I mean, I think from a results perspective, to me, it wasn't really a 3-1 loss, was it? I think that scoreline flattered them and doesn't really reflect on how the game went. Uh, we we were pushing so hard to find an equaliser and, and they scored right in the dying minutes of the game as a complete break from from our fantastic opportunity. I still can't get my head around how he's managed to save that shot. I don't, can't even remember from our side who was who put that header in, but it was an absolute world-class save. And, Dave, for me, I would rather us lose that game 3-1 because we committed everybody forward to try and find that equaliser than just whimper out to a 2-1 defeat. And and it nearly paid off, didn't it? It could very easily have been
3: 2-2. Yeah, very much so. It was Ben Mee who uh, who had the headers right in the uh, postage stamp in the corner, um Allison clawed it out and then the ball came back in. It looked like it had come back out for a for a corner. There was obviously some dispute over that. Um but you know, credit to them. They you know played to the whistle, played on, got the ball out, and uh you know Liverpool caught us on the on the break and got a late goal. But it wasn't for, for lack of effort at the end. I mean we've seen games before where you know we've not we've had even with substitutions, we've not really penetrated against teams you know not as good as Liverpool. You've got to remember that Liverpool Still unbeaten in the league this season, so it was a massive challenge. Burnley weren't quite up to it in the end. Liverpool were were strong in the second half, but you know it's it's one of those things, one of those performances where you come off the ground thinking, yeah, the the players have given everything, and it gives you hope for the for the future in terms of the uh, the games coming up.
1: I honestly, Dave, I couldn't agree more. For me, I wasn't expecting us to get anything from from last night's game and I, I did worry before the game that we were going to get slightly walked over and I felt like if, if Liverpool really wanted to, to turn the screw, it could very much be one-way traffic for 90 minutes. As it turns out, it wasn't and the Burnley players put in a real performance. For me, for the first time this season, I felt that we would survive. I've been really concerned up to now that we were one of the bottom three sides naturally in this division, and I was struggling to find three teams who would finish below us, and particularly after the really disappointing results against Newcastle and Palace, and not just the results, the performances as well. I know Dyche put in um, an incredible PR stunt to try and mask those results, but I think his post-match reaction after Liverpool let him out a little bit in that he um, he was obviously very much aware of how bad those performances were because he came out saying that that has to be the benchmark and we were back to normal. So I definitely felt for the first time this season that we, we were back to the Burnley that we know and love. We were back in business and that we could actually survive this season. So I'm – actually, I guess that's probably why I'm not choosing to concentrate much on the Palace results and the Newcastle results in this podcast because the landscape just has completely changed. Woken up this morning and I woke up with a spring in my step and I wasn't concerned about the loss because we thought we were going to lose. And I genuinely thought that we were back in business and we're going to, to win. Today's headlines have very much been dominated by a bit of a... I'm don't to say a bit of a spat, actually. It's a professional disagreement that's going on at the moment between Sean Dyche and Jurgen Klopp, who had a few afters um, straight after the game yesterday. And Dyche has refused initially to be drawn into exactly what heated words were said between them. But it's played out in the media today in that Klopp has come out and whinged quite heavily about the physicality of Burnley. And in particular, he's saying that some of our challenges that we put in yesterday need to be removed from the game. And he gave a very bizarre analysis in my in my eyes, and Deitch and clearly agrees, in that he, he acknowledges that the tackles were legal tackles, that they were not free kicks, that they were not yellow cards, and that they were absolutely fine within the laws of the game, but then approached the referee and said, please can you tell them to stop doing it? Which doesn't make any sense. It's like, well... You can't and as Daich quite rightly said, you aren't allowed to change the rules of the game when it suits you. And he was particularly um aggrieved by a Ben Me and James Tarkovsky sandwich that poor Gomez um succumbed to. And 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 sadly he has actually been it's come out today that he's gonna be out of action for about six weeks. And that is clearly incredibly disappointing for the player. And I'm sure uh, Ben Me and Tarkovsky will send their best wishes. But it wasn't a bad tackle. He hasn't been injured because they put in an illegal tackle against him. And he then went on to whinge about some other tackles as well that were flying in. Deitch has responded and he said quite clearly that that's a nonsense and that he saw 22 22- professional athletes battling in a physical game and essentially he he can't just stop tackles that he doesn't like and he quite rightly had a real dig by saying that he that Jürgen Klopp should maybe discuss the blatant cheating of his players and of course he was referring to that embarrassing dive by Sturridge in the first half that won the Liverpool players and a free kick quite early on. Robert, I'm firmly with Team Deitch on this one. I think Klopp's comments are both bizarre and completely unjustified. And I don't really understand where he's coming from when he won the game quite comfortably. Can you in any way unravel what the heck he's thinking?
2: Well, firstly, I think Klopp is a hypocrite because one of the Champions League games that Liverpool played at Anfield, I think it was the PSG game, actually, in the opening two or three minutes, James Milner absolutely cleaned out Neymar and it got national headlines about how physical and hard like Liverpool went in on these PSG players. A bit like what we did last night. So it's a bit like when when I saw these comments coming out from Klopp, I was like, What are you doing? Like you can't just like turn the tables like that. I watched the Ben Me tackle back countless times and it's I don't think it's a hard challenge. I just think it's a it's just one of those really clean just go through the man as well. Like it doesn't it's a weird one because it don't look like Gomez twists his ankle from underneath like Ben Mee's leg or anything like that. It doesn't look particularly, like, is a, a massive impact on him. Because I thought he crashed into the hoardings, but that doesn't look like it either. So I don't really know what's whether it's an ankle injury or what. Yeah, I'm not sure, but... Oh, actually,
1: but, hang on. I think Dave might, Dave might know. Dave, do you know?
2: Yeah, it's, it's a fracture of his lower leg, they said so. It's, oh,
1: wow, really? It's, yeah. Ooh.
2: Yeah, I think there was only one challenge from us where I sort of winced a little bit. I think it was a Bardsley challenge when he... I think he slid into three in the space of a second... And there was one which looked particularly high. And there, I don't think the referee blew up. And I think uh, Vidra in the second half as well went in. And I thought he were going to be sent off. But I can't really say any others.
1: No, I'm the same. I'm not I'm not entirely sure why he's making such a dra- drama of it. And, and you know, there's, there's maybe one or two. And, and Deitch himself did acknowledge that one of Barsley's tackles was a little poor, um, which he's going to address. But. It, I, I, if they'd have lost or we'd have got a point out of the game, then I can almost understand his his whinging. And, and you know, some of these Premier League managers in the top six are very good at, at distraction, aren't they, when results don't go their way, but they won. Dave, I don't think I want to see that going from the game, do you? And I don't really like this idea that we are somehow applauding or at least not bothering about the blatant dives in the box, the gamesmanship for the penalties and just trying to win free kicks around the park by, by playing a player. Suddenly that's all right. It's part of the modern game, but we can't suddenly allow a, a good, legal, safe, controlled physical challenge. That surely can't be the way that the game's going.
3: Well, the, the game has changed, I think, in terms of um, you know what, what was a, a good challenge 10 or 20 years ago is um, you know a, a straight yellow card now. But I think within that, there are boundaries. And I think Burnley stayed within that. You know, there were perfectly good challenges, apart from probably the one that Sean Dyche admitted in his post-match um, press conference. But when the highlights came on Match of the day last night, I know it was a, a shortened programme for midweek and you don't get quite as long to uh, to show the game. And there's a lot of, um, of chat afterwards. There's probably uh, too much chat and, and not enough football. But the uh, incident with uh, Daniel Sturridge wasn't even shown a match of the day and it was an horrendous dive. You know, nothing came from it. Liverpool got a free kick, the ball was floated in. Um, But the referee was deceived. It wasn't um, a penalty, it wasn't a goal, but it could have led to it. So what's the difference? You know, we we had last season, we were playing Brighton the next game, there was an incident with James Tarkovsky, an off-the-ball incident the referee didn't see and he got a three-match ban for it. Is that really worse than uh, the, the the dive from uh, from uh, Sturridge from last night? I'm not sure. About, I think the the, um, the the balance in terms of what the FA look at needs to be a little bit different, and they need to be cracking down on this because it is a, a bad reflection on the game.
1: Yeah, it really is. I think the key difference in this Dave, is that. Liverpool or Liverpool and Burnley or Burnley. What and we've said this so many times, haven't we? Whether it's subconscious or whether it's deliberate, the bias towards top six sides is, is unbelievable. So basically on behalf of everybody at Known and Ever Klopp, just Shut up. We don't really care about your whinging. You got your three points. Your title challenge is still on. You're still going to lose to City. And quite frankly, we don't care about whether you hate our physicality. The Burnley that we know and love is back in business. Um, It was a great game to be on. I was immensely proud of our boys. I feel confident for the rest of the season. I don't even care that we're in the bottom three at the moment. And we're probably going to be in the bottom three, if not bottom by Christmas, because of our run of fixtures. We've got the January transfer window, the Focus is back. We're going to get Jay Rodriguez back in January, and we're suddenly going to be in the top six. No, we're not really, but we are going to finish seventh again, and everything will be rosy. So I'm going to I'm going to end our commentary there. On uh, commentary, we're not commentating. Who do we think we are? Carrie Neville, Martin Tyler. Well, that brings me on to quite a nice little link. We are going to leave the analysis of this game here and we are going to have a quick break to move away to some exciting events off the pitch. Robbie and I disappeared to that there, London, on Monday. We went to the Tower of London and we went to see if the Nona Never podcast was going to be winners of the Football Supporters Federation Club Podcast of the Year, which we had been shortlisted for and we were incredibly honoured to be shortlisted for. Robbie and I did some recording and um, basically, I guess, recorded our reaction to the events of the night and here is how that evening unfolded. <laughs> So, listeners, it is Monday the 3rd of December, and Natalie and Robbie are in That There London. We have had our jabs, we have gone through our passports, and we are currently stood outside the Tower of London, ready to go into the Football Supporters Federation's annual awards, where your podcast has been nominated for Club Podcast of the Year. Robbie, 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 welcome to That There London hiya (laughs) he's such man of so many words um Robbie are you excited about this event because I'm very excited
2: yeah I am I feel like my shirt's about to pop open though but it'll be all good
1: (laughs) listen as you should see Robbie is done as proud he's got himself suited and booted and he looks absolutely fantastic well we're about to go in we're gonna go and hobnob with lots of football personnel hopefully they'll let us in and we will report when we get inside bye for now so we're inside guys we are in a fantastic room that's all sparkly ceilings and the wine is flowing and we've got ourselves on a fantastic table i think they've put all the northerners robbie on the same table Yeah,
2: it's, it's it's hard to be polite to Preston North End. But I know we got Preston North
1: End fans right next to us, but never mind. We've also got some Liverpool fans on the table as well from the Anfield wrap, and I think we we're a bit nervous about Wednesday's game, so we might have to be really nice, really will nice them. But um, set the
2: apple cart now.
1: Yes, let's do. Let's, let's yeah, put yeah. them off now, rather. Let's do it. So we're gonna, we're in. We're uh, we're all happy. We've been talking to the guys from um, the Watford podcast from the Rookery end. We've met some fantastic people from they yeah, field Anfield and from Preston North End so we're going to have us tea as we actually call it up north thought we're having now this dinner business tea tea proper tea and um, we're going to have a few drinks and we will report uh, later on in the
0: show I'm a big fan of club podcasts when uh, I'm travelling to a game I always try to listen to the podcast of that team I nick all their best lines so I'm a big big fan uh, the nominees for club podcast of the year are
4: 77 Club,
1: Blue Moon, Charlton Live,
0: From the Rookery End, Fulhamish, No Nay Never,
2: Is from
1: the rookery end and the winner is
2: me no not you Robbie no
1: we didn't win guys but you know what it's absolutely fantastic to be here the Watford podcast who we're going to hopefully try and get a few words with in a bit they're really good and they're really really worthy winners but I think Robbie and I are just really pleased to be shortlisted here aren't we it's pretty exciting
2: yeah, no, it's been really good fun. Obviously, it's been a free bar, so we've just sort of taken advantage of that, haven't we?
1: Oh, babe, that's not the most important part of tonight. Tell the listeners how inspired you are to do better things for the podcast here.
2: Yeah, I've got some ideas up my sleeve now. I, th- I think we I think we have to. I feel like not a, we're in a non-league club that's we got, true we got some television coverage <laughs>
1: that's kind of true is that listeners I think some of the quality of some of the awards winners tonight me and Robbie are a bit like oh we need to up our game a bit but do you know what it's really really great that we've been shortlisted isn't it Robbie and we're really really happy and um, it's down to our listeners as well for downloading and listening to us otherwise we would not be oh I sound like I'm recording I'm not recording <laughs> so, yeah. so we are going to go and try and grab the Watford podcast and see if we can have a couple of words with our winners but otherwise Robbie and I are going to enjoy what we've just been told as an after party Robbie
2: Martinis, he said.
1: Dirty Martinis. Martinis and they're going to be day We'll see you soon, listeners. Good start. good start I know a good start listeners we now know that we didn't win but we are so happy to have here Jason from the Rookery End podcast Jason congratulations
4: thank you very much
1: it is just I mean you guys this is so well deserved you guys just put out so much fantastic content there for your fans but you were asked when you picked up the award what you thought it meant to make a good podcast and what was important to you just from a Watford's perspective what do you aim to achieve for your Watford fans I we like to
4: have we like to have to have a bit of fun i think we like to be balanced as well we've got a good broad range of guys that that sort of talk on the podcast and i think we sort of cover all the bases so um, myself john who who absolutely gets the most credit for this award because he produces it it was his idea he comes up with all the, the the silly ideas in his head for the things that we should do I've been saying to a few other guys we all have a little filter in our heads I've I've thought of something
0: no that's
4: really stupid John doesn't do that he he just goes for it and that is that is why we've we've won the awards and then you've got Mike who unfortunately couldn't be here tonight and he's a big part of the podcast as well Uh, and he so when, when when we record straight after the game he turns up with all this sort of raw energy and passion uh, whereas myself I'm probably a little bit more laid back a little bit more analytical so we've got that balance across yeah, the board and we really sort we, we sort we, I think we have the we sort of cover views and whilst we, we we certainly don't claim to talk for every Watford fan I think we sort of we, we, we certainly try and sort of cover all the aspects yeah. and sort of all, all the thoughts that, that Watford fans have
1: yeah there's something there that everybody can relate to on the show and I think that's some of the most difficult things that we get especially when times are tough it's trying to get that balance isn't it because you've got some fans who are very hyperbole there's some fans who are very emotional there's some fans who will not deviate from what their opinion is regardless of what's put in front of them so to just achieve what you guys have done for nine seasons now is really really good um I guess it is a Burnley podcast. I'm sorry. I'm going to have to put this to you. Tell our, give give our listeners the comfort we need. Are Burnley going to survive this season?
4: It's difficult, isn't it? Oh, it's no, it's, it's, it's <laughs> lucky I'm, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. It, it, it's looked tricky so far. I, we, we really hope you do. Obviously, you've got Sean Dyche, and we love Dyche. Um, and, and I know you guys. You've not been able to speak to him on the podcast. We have spoken to him a few times, and he's always been great value. He's always good fun, and. What I've liked about Burnley is the fact that when when it was a struggle the first time round, you didn't sort of look to ditch him, you you kept him on, that helped you get back up the next season. He clearly is a very good manager. It it was just a a question of timing, I think, of when he lost the the, the Watford job. And he himself, I think, has said he wouldn't want to be manager of a club that worked the way that we do. He, he, He wants more control. Um, so I really hope for his sake, and of course for Matty Vidro as well. He's a yes. he's a little bit of a Watford legend as well. We love we Matty. We don't
1: know what he
4: is. We haven't seen him yet. Uh, I it, know
1: it's a shame. we uh, really Matty Vidro. So, so yeah, we hope
4: that I think for Matty, you need to play him in the right way to get the best of him. Which yeah, Derby we, we certainly does we need to play did. him, Jesse. Yeah. That's what we need <laughs> That's to, do to start and, with. and we'd love to see him do do well as well because he was such a big uh, sort of factor in our promotion season. So if you can get him scoring goals, or, or the likes of votes and those guys, if you can get the goals coming in, yeah. then I'm sure you'll be fine. Get that spirit of last season. I, you can't use the Europa League as an excuse anymore because that's long gone, hasn't yeah, it? Exactly. So so you just go that, that if you need a bit of luck, something to happen that will then sort of set you on a run. Um, when you come to Vicarage Road, it will probably start then.
1: <laughs> yeah, fingers crossed that is a fantastic note you've just got that Burnley fans we are going to have three points in survival at Vicarage Road Jason thank you so much for speaking to us congratulations on your award from everyone at None and Ever Burnley fans this is None and Ever HQ at the PF no FHF FHS FS FSF listeners I've been saying this all night and I can't even get my words right FSF Awards 2018 it's got nothing to do with the champagne we'll catch you later Ah, so there we go. Robbie, Dave, we we wouldn't win. We didn't win. Flipping from the rookery end. It was a great night, wasn't it?
2: Yeah, because it was in London. A a southern team had to win it really, didn't they?
1: (laughs) Robbie, that's not true. And actually, can I just say that the guys from from the rookery end do listen to our podcast, so he is only joking they are actually to be fair i know i said this in in our um piece just a moment ago i was genuinely delighted for the for the watford guys they are a lovely lovely group of guys who put in so much time and effort and just it's nice to see it paid off cuz the majority of fan content out there whether that be podcasts or youtube channels or blogs or you know message boards they they're pretty much run by fans and they're run out of passion for the teams and and it's really nice that somebody like the football Sporters federation recognise fan content these days and allow and invite us to to such a prestigious event to to actually compete with with serious broadcasters and and you know the big guns in, in the media it was a fantastic night so one we really enjoyed Dave what do you think we can do for next year to win it
3: we've got to up our game really um you know there's there's uh, a lot we can do we can look back at uh, the other opposition uh, we've got a plan ahead um I don't know about the transfer window do we uh, do we go for someone new in January
1: Oh my gosh, that took a dark turn. I was hoping that you were going to say something <laughs> light, and suddenly Dave has thrown the gauntlet down there, hasn't he? I'm I'm a bit worried. Am I am I going to get benched, Dave? Are you going to no?
2: What's oh,
1: phew, thank goodness for that.
2: I might get sacked for my social media tweets.
1: Yeah, you might do actually, Rob. If you don't stop behaving yourself on Twitter, I might have to <laughs> sack you. I know. We need to bring Gemma in more as well. We need. We need. Actually, we're going to get Gemma in soon for a ladies' update because loads of stuff's been going on, which I won't spoil it for because it's really exciting. Okay, well, we've had all sorts going on this week then. So we've had a disappointing Palace Resort. We've had a fantastic performance at Liverpool. We've had um, a glitzy, glamorous night at um, the Tower of London. But we have to get back to business. And Dave, we are back at Turf Moor on Saturday, and we are playing. Who are we playing? We're playing Brighton, I believe. So you're our stat man, Dave. Come on, talk to us. What can we expect from Saturday?
3: Uh, Yeah, Brighton, we don't have the best record against them. Looking back overall, um, we don't have a win in any of the last eight games. Uh, We've drawn all of the last five, that's home and away, and the five before that were all Burnley defeats. So we don't have... The best recent record against Brighton and the last two games, home and away last season, were both nil-nil draws. You'll recall, so it's it's a tough one. You know, we don't have the best record against them, but that goes out the window. I think we 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 see quite often that teams come to uh, Turf more, um, you know, and they haven't scored an away goal for however long, and uh, they tend to score one against us. Um, maybe this time it'll be different. Uh, we'll build on the momentum from. Uh, from Wednesday, and we'll uh, we'll put the Brighton hoodoo behind us because uh, we don't, as I say, have the best record against in recent times. If you're looking at specific games, we did have uh, a 1-1 draw a couple of seasons back. We, we missed a season, didn't we, because uh, uh, it was the time when we were going for promotion in the uh, championship. Uh, we managed to get promotion in 2015-16, winning the title, um, and Brighton were the team to uh, to miss out. The match at Turf Moor was a one-one a draw. And be pleased to know in that game we actually got a penalty. Remember then? A what? A penalty.
1: I don't know what that is.
3: Yeah, Andre, Andre. Well, it was a it was a kind of a tug on. Um, well, I say a tug. It was. I can't remember who the Brighton player was, but he. he I think he took uh, Michael Keane's shirt off his back. I well, seem to almost take his shirt off his back, and the referee saw it. Uh, gave a penalty and uh, Andre Gray slotted that away. But it was a a 1-1 draw. That was uh, November of 2015 in that 2015-16 season. And then last season we had a a 0-0 draw. But the home game before the Andre Gray penalty was another 0-0. So there haven't been a lot of goals around in in recent games. Going back before that, just a little bit before Sean Dyche took over, September 2012, Brighton came to Turf Moor and won 3-1. 3-1. Um, but we have had other uh, victories. Uh, we had a 1-0 win um, in 2011-12. Charlie Austin got the winner that day. A couple of other draws. We've got to really go back to the 90s for any uh, any any victories. We had a, a 3-0 win in 95 96 That was October of 1995. David Ayres scored Peter Swan and Kurt Nogan. Uh, and then also in that decade, we had a couple of seasons prior to that We had another 3-0 win. Um, Kevin Russell scored and Steve Davis scored twice, actually. And Steve Davis got the other one when uh, Jimmy Mullen was manager. Jimmy Mullen was manager for for both those games. We we haven't played that many times against Brighton. We've only had um, six victories in total out of 16 games. And as I say, the recent record uh, isn't brilliant, so we need to uh, try and turn that around on Saturday.
1: Amen to that. Just picking up on your point then about penalties, I saw on Twitter today, Burnley have now gone 57 Premier League games without being awarded a penalty. 58?
3: Because that was before the Liverpool game.
1: Oh, was that before? Oh, my God, 58! 58. 58 games without being awarded a penalty. That's the longest current run of any team in any of the top five leagues.
2: That days is as well beyond, as beyond
1: ridiculous.
2: ridiculous. Can I put a question to you? Yes, uh, what's what? What will happen first? Matty Vidra to start three consecutive games, or Burnley get a penalty?
1: <laughs>
2: <laughs> I can't, I can't, I can't answer it. I'm trying to think.
1: I'm going to say penalty. <laughs>
2: yeah,
3: I imagine so choice penalty as well.
1: <laughs> Dave, what do you vote?
3: I, I think the apocalypse happened before I did.
1: <laughs> Excellent. Um, well, let's not well, Maybe, maybe Saturday's the game. Maybe. Actually, somebody did somebody did put a tweet actually on the game before saying that it would just be typical Burnley for to, to them to actually get their first penalty when we were already five nil down against Liverpool in the dying minutes or something. We'd probably miss it. I'm not sure we know how to take a penalty anymore. Just a very quick one then on both of you before we leave, um, Robbie. Thoughts for Saturday? Number one, we've already t- we've already covered that. We think we should stick with the same team. Are you confident you think we can get a result?
2: Yeah, I'm going to go a one nil win.
1: Excellent. Comfortable win? Or do you think it's gonna be? Nervy? How do you think they'll perform?
2: I f- I think it'll be one of those back to base it's scrappy just having it won't be pretty at all. I don't think fans will like it but it'll just just get us off the mark.
1: Um yeah, I'm I'm not unsure about that actually, because Brighton aren't particularly um, I guess boring they play quite flair football and we've I thought at times last night some of our football was really really good when we are passing around midfield so I'm going to go the opposite to you there I think it will be a really entertaining and a really really um, exciting game of football Dave where do you sit on this?
3: Um, I don't think it will be pretty but I think Burnley will win I think we'll um, win 2-1
1: and just remind me again you are sticking with the same team aren't you I think you said that earlier
3: I'd be love to change it after that performance. Yeah, I think the players. I don't think it was a case of changing for midweek just to change the personnel. We saw um, what happened on Saturday and the difference on uh, Wednesday night. So I think based on that, yeah, I'd be tempted to keep the same team.
1: I agree. Excellent. So we are unanimous that we're going to win. We're unanimous that we keep the same team. And only me is going for an entertaining performance. Who do we think is going to be right? Well, we're going to find out next week and we are going to be back with you. Um, And we're going to dissect the Brighton team back to normal next week. We'll be recording Monday night and we'll get the podcast out on Tuesday. Um, Apologies, it's been a little bit all over the place the last couple of weeks, but with fixture changes and and things, we've uh, we've had to be a little bit creative with our timings. But back to normal next week. So we hope you'll have a great week in the meantime. um, Thanks as ever to our team, here who help put our lovely podcast together, particularly producer Matt, who has to edit this together. And poor Matt's got lots of different bits today because we've got, we decided that we were going to do bits of recordings all over the place and we've got we've got audio from London we've got audio from outside the ground and Matt's going to be bombarded with a load of files so thanks Matt Um, thanks to Dave Statman Dave and to Robbie for being here to analyse that Liverpool game and to, just to make everything feel a little bit rosier again Um, but as ever thanks to you for downloading and listening to this podcast we would not be here without you and your support is very much appreciated as ever I've been Natalie Bromley this has been the Known and Ever podcast podcast until
0: next time Away days are great but there's nothing quite like playing at home the same goes for McDonald's maximize your home ground advantage with McDelivery Order now on the McDonald's app at participating restaurants 18 plus serving times delivery fee and terms apply see mcdonalds.com
1: Flexibility is great that's why there's yoga flexibility for your insurance coverage is great too that's why there's united healthcare insurance plans